another another Nostra news. Let's another week, another Nostra news, baby. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh man. Um, I'm you doing... walked in here and you were really excited. Well, I mean, there's just, <laughs> there's there's a lot on my mind. There's just so much happening, and um, it's it's really exciting. It's a little overwhelming. I feel like the pace of development, not only in Nostra but with AI, with just information technology in general, like it really is accelerating. And like I feel. Um, I don't know, like for the first time in a long time, like I'm really having trouble seeing where it's all going, keeping up with it at all. It's exciting. It's exhilarating, but it's also terrifying and mystifying. And yeah, just a lot on my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you were, I think when you first walked in the door, you said, wow, like Robert Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. L- l- let's start there. I mean, I, um, I just, that's just a few hours ago, right? Yeah. Like right before I came yeah. over the house, I mean, typically, you know, DK and I will put a couple of links together to kind of spark conversation a day or so before. And this morning I was like, ah, anything else really interesting happening this morning? It's like, yeah, something pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, presidential candidate, like fairly major presidential candidate, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is now on Noster. And uh, Jack tweeted out verified. He hasn't done like his like, you know, cross authentication with Twitter yet. Mm-hmm. So it's not like 100%, but Jack's claiming verified. David Marcus was tweeting at him. So I'm, I'm assuming this is the guy. And if so, I mean, it's a big deal for a lot of reasons. Um, And I'm just kind of beginning to wrap my head around them. One is him as a politician. You know, I, we don't generally talk a ton about politics in here because I think kind of the view I've arrived at over a long period of time is politics is very important. And it's something I think, you know, it makes sense for us all to be engaged in. But like, I don't know, at least for me, I've gotten increasingly apathetic over the years, just frustrated. Mm -hmm. Um, Feels like the old models of governance are just straight up not equipped to handle the pace of rapid technological change happening in the world, which is not necessarily like, you know, calling it bad or evil or whatever. It's just like, just didn't adapt fast enough. It just hasn't adapted fast enough. And like, honestly, to be fair to a lot of these people, like how could they, right? Right. Like, I mean, if you're, you know, 60, 70 years old and you're trying to understand what's happening with AI, like good luck. Well, also we have systems that are built to be slower to change. That's, you know, similar, similar to what we talk about with money. Mm -hmm. It's a feature to not radically change every few weeks totally like if if gpt releases if our you know if our kind of foundation of government was changing as fast as we get every new gpt feature release um it would just you know society would be in chaos exactly but but we also haven't evolved much maybe in the last few hundred years and like the really (laughs) important stuff well totally and and i do just feel that like look the internet is still in young technology a couple decades old like at least as in terms of mainstream adoption obviously bitcoin you know a little over a decade, like AI is just really taken off. But like, I agree with all that. And I don't know what the right answer is, but it's also, I think very fair to say that the sort of outmoded institutions are going to struggle a lot to try, like, for example, regulating AI, good luck, right? right? Like where does copyright come in? Anyway, so all that to say, even though I still have always thought politics was important, had my own views, that wasn't something I was kind of putting front and center because I think that frankly, um, advocating for the kind of world you want to see technologically just seems much more, um, I don't know, effective to me right now. Right. But it's coming to get you anyway. It's coming to get me anyway, right? So there it is. And um and again, I'm not anti-politics. Again, I think it's important, but uh but it's really exciting to me because, you know, I uh you know, I don't know a ton about Robert F. Kennedy yet, and certainly not enough to, you know, fully endorse him or something, but everything I keep reading about the guy, it's like, man, like, you know, he's sitting here questioning um a lot of really fundamental things you know calling out the military industrial mm-hmm. complex like wow that's a very bold move right. and like <laughs> you know it's it's kind of a scary or risky move for him but it's 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 very gratifying to hear someone just like go for the truth and i feel like a lot of our politics has kind of been kind of old stream you know elite which you know for better or for worse they do a lot of fucked up things they do um 
Yeah, the the old school, the old school mainstream elite. You know, they they do some a lot of things I don't agree with. You know, like war overseas and stuff. But you know, generally they've kept things relatively, you know, stable or whatever. And then you've got like completely, you know, far out there people like Trump or whatever, which is you know whatever whatever you think of him, he's he's certainly in his own world. But I haven't had a candidate that just came out and said no. Like um, really, since Ron Paul or Bernie Sanders questioning the Fed, right? Both of them did, um, and now questioning a lot of other basics. It, it's it's refreshing, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of Bitcoiners and Nostra people are fresh. But even then, I was like, okay, this guy is going to be kind of fringe. But then he starts getting traction in the polls. You know, over twenty one percent, I think, uh, in in the Democratic primary polls two weeks after announcing his running. Okay, did, did that just happen like a few weeks ago? I think that was last week. Yeah. Okay. This is all week. relatively recent. And this okay. is Nate Silver. Or that the, this was not Nate Silver. I, th- I think there were multiple polls that were in this range. But the point is, I think when he first announced it was around 12, then he mm-hmm. almost doubles that in you know a week or so. Granted, he has the last name Kennedy, so that's like helping. But I didn't, I mean, I didn't expect him to do this well this fast. Of course, all the mainstream media is out there calling him like anti-vaxxer, like smear, 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 smear. And like, mm-hmm. I, I expect that, like he, he actually is a threat to the status quo. Um, but now to see this guy, he's speaking at the Bitcoin conference now. What? Uh-huh. Coming out like vocally in support of Bitcoin. Now he's Did on Nostra. before the presidential candidacy announcement? No, or? no, no. It's all been in the last week or two. So he kind of came out, come into presidency, and then he's Bitcoin, Nostra. Yeah, he's out there saying like, you know, our current monetary system essentially enslaves 99% mm. of people, yep. which it does. Yep. Um, coming to speak at the Bitcoin conference. What? And now he's on Nostra talking with people and, you know, showing interest in decentralized communication protocols. Like I, I didn't, I didn't have this on my bingo card. And so, uh, anyways, I don't know. I, I think it's cool. Again, I'm not endorsing guy. I, I mean, I'm sure he, like he would acknowledge you. I've heard things. He has some like, awful skeletons in his closet. You know, as a human being, it sounds like he's done some things that are not great. Who hasn't? But, um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just fascinating to watch all this. So I, I messaged him this morning on Noster and tagged you in there. And I was oh, like, right, yeah. I was like, Hey, have you considered accepting lightning donations? You know, DK probably has a great video about it, which you posted using yep. something like Albi or an easy to use wallet. And Hey, maybe David Marcus and Lightspark or, you know, maybe right. block should like help you get this integrated on your campaign site. I think people would be shocked at how much support he'll receive that yeah. way. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it's interesting because it, it puts a use case, you know, that a lot of us care about, but is not necessarily super closely related to kind of maybe what mainstream is thinking about as presidential topics, but it kind of helps put a little bit of a platform and kind of voice behind this emerging technology and kind of collection of technologies that we're all excited about, but that maybe don't have, you know, they don't feel as acceptable yet. Mm -hmm. And I think they will as more people get comfortable with it. But I think we're also going through this transition, like you mentioned, sort of the you know, there's a bunch of very extreme views, I would say kind of on both sides of the mainstream parties. Sure. And I think that's, again, driven by the extreme nature of kind of the media tools we have today. Agreed. And so it, you know, everything kind of starts with, you know, every every piece of media is ultimately like got some sort of perspective to it. And when the platforms push people to the edges, the politics kind of follows instead of yeah. leads. And, you know, I, I haven't, I, I was just reading about um, Kennedy's uh, Wikipedia today, so I don't have a lot of background on him, but um, but I was just learning about him. And I think, you know, he just seems like the kind of person who, you know, speaks his mind and has, you know, a different perspective than would traditionally be acceptable. Yeah. But maybe as we have our communication platforms evolve, maybe people will be more comfortable kind of asking those questions or kind of making the types of statements or kind of being comfortable with the kinds of questions that he's asking. Yeah. Well, and I mean, look, I mean, again, as you know, 
out in his own world. I mean, Trump has already proven, right, that like a completely someone completely different than the mainstream speaking, you know, his mind however he wants can win the presidency. And, and and I think that works in a world where you have an extreme algorithm, you know, giving him more voice for being extreme in that way. Sure. You know, what, you know whether you like it or not, I think that it, it works because he's really good at understanding how the platforms work and understanding how to deliver his message in, in that world. And I think part of what we're doing is we're, we're shaping new platforms yeah. that may, uh, you know, may satisfy or give... Uh, give more voice to different types of perspectives we've never heard. Like when you think about like, I don't know, like growing up in the eighties and nineties, there was this kind of, I don't know, this, maybe you'd call it like a, a macho man type of (laughs) persona that was, I don't know, it's based on, you know, cartoons of like, I don't know, He-Man or, you know, Star Wars or Indiana Jones. And I think as we have, um, you know, new media tools, and uh, you know diversity of channels and diversity of opinions and thoughts and ideas you actually get surfaced a lot more that there's not just these spectrums of good versus evil right or black versus white or you know it's not just the poles there's all kinds of flourishing in the middle yeah and, and i mean i think if anything that's what the internet showed us right yeah. for everything right yeah. like that was kind of the thesis of amazon to get started like yeah. hey long tail of books they're not you know fit for the mainstream barnes and noble but like People want them. Yeah. You know? And the internet uniquely enabled them. Exactly. Like, you couldn't have the Barnes Noble at the corner store, couldn't stock the one millionth skew. It's not feasible. But the internet can stock that. And so it actually brings those ideas out to be accessible to anybody. Yeah. I, I agree with all that. And, and to be clear, you know, I want to, you know, make this clear. I, I'm not necessarily trying to compare RFK with Trump at all. I actually think RFK sounds like everything I've heard him say so far. And to be clear, I want to do a lot more research. And now that he's on Noster and, you know, going to the Bitcoin conference, I clearly yeah. will. But like the guy sounds just like pretty reasonable on a lot of stuff. Like every time I find myself listening to his speech, like I don't hear him going out there. You know, if anything, he's, he's in the, you know, kind of campaign videos and stuff I've seen. It's kind of like, Hey, there's no need for hate speech. Like there's no need to, to blame another, like, this country, you know, has a lot more in common than we think. Yes, we have mm-hmm. a lot like, you know, whatever, 300 million, however many people are are different views. Right. But um, I don't know. I'm encouraged. I, I think it's cool. Re- regardless of whatever ends up happening with him, like the fact that someone that mainstream, I mean, he is a Kennedy after all, you know, I'm sure soon we'll be sharing his Noster stuff on Twitter. Like, I, I, I think this could be, this could be a pretty big bump for Noster as well. Yeah, it's great. Well, I think every time we have a new perspective, a new voice that people are looking for, it actually is helpful to Noster to get, you know, a, a, a person who cares about it, you know, for one reason or another, some experience they've had, some place they've been silenced or some new type of community they want to connect with. I think Noster to me seems like it could be a bit more of, you know, given some of its neutrality from a platform perspective and it's kind of non-algorithmic nature today, I think it actually means everything can flourish and we have like a maybe maybe there's kind of this center middle perspective that Mm -hmm. we haven't seen flourish because our media channels have pushed people to the extremes interesting so i kind of think of noster as potentially a fix for a lot of the kind of extreme like there may be a very silent you know 80 percent majority of more centrist views than we've heard yet and that might support more centrist uh, political opinions and views and you know might you know might have more there might be an 80 percent that has kind of been silenced because it's not at the edges so yeah i actually that's a great point i certainly hope you're right with that and at least in my lived experience i think that's largely true like a lot of people i know feel disenfranchised and are probably in that silent majority and so 
yeah, if Nostra helps, you know, helps us moderate a little bit, like that's probably a great thing. All it took was a public domain protocol <laughs> on GitHub. <laughs> Thanks for your job. But yeah, so I, I think that, that <laughs> it's very cool. Well, yeah. I, I think it brings up, it's, it's funny too, because um, one of the things that I, I, I was talking about before we came in, I've actually just done a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, recorded a bunch of podcasts over the last couple of days. Mm. And one of the things that I've enjoyed about it, of course, you know, getting to meet new people or spend time with people that I've met and, and hear kind of the updates on what they're, what they're excited about. That's always fun. But then the, the big frustration for me about doing these things is we, we sit down for an hour or two and we, we record a video together and then I hit stop and then, it, you know, everybody's being real on the video, but then when you hit stop, everybody kind of like takes a deep breath and relaxes and like, <laughs> okay, done with that. Now here's the real now stuff. Now here's the real conversation. Like, yeah. And then you're like, wait a minute. No, no, that's, that's the good stuff. Let's get that. And so, um, so I was actually on yesterday with, uh, with G, uh, we, we recorded late last night. Um, and he, uh, and, and we sort of were talking about this idea. I forget if you and I talked about it, or I know that I think we tagged in Pablo on a, a note about this, but this idea of how we want a, um, a new type of podcast audio consumption experience okay. that drives into Noster notes. Oh yeah. We talked about this last week okay. and I love the idea. Was that on the new show? It was. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, maybe you can recap just like, yeah. So the, the basic idea is there's, um, you know, there's a lot of podcast players out there mm-hmm. and, you know, Apple, you know, controls probably the largest one or maybe Google, you know, by market share just from the OS, like the OS, the defaults really matter and everybody kind of just chooses the defaults. There are some fairly substantial non-default ones, uh, you know, but, but there's not a lot of differentiation because it's like, okay, pull in the content and that there it is. Um, but one of the features that I would really value in a podcast player is to be able to listen to to a podcast and at a moment where like there's an insight or I have a reaction, I want to like record or publish a note or a highlight yes, or, you know, my own voice responding or replying. And then maybe the original podcaster might notice it, or even if they don't, maybe some of my friends or other people who I'm connected to online could notice it and connect with me, respond, react to that. And so in a sense, we don't even need de novo Noster content to help spark those conversations. We could Great. actually use the open RSS content from the podcast ecosystem to be kind of a seed of content for every time I go listen to a podcast. And whether it's, you know, whether it's G's podcast, Nostrovia, or if it's, you know, I could be listening to some more traditional RSS. Noster news. <laughs> Noster news. If I want to just listen to us talk again and make sure I really digested. Because <laughs> you just can't get enough. <laughs> all the details. Um, taking notes. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I kind of want this product. So I was talking to G about it. Right after I hit stop, I was like complaining about, hey, why don't we have this thing? And he's like, he's like, wait, are, are you on Android? And I was like, oh, no, sorry, iPhone. Because he was like, he was like geared up, ready to do it. And I was like, well, I think I talked to Oscar about it. Yeah. I, think I chatted with Oscar. Well, if anyone is well positioned, so Oscar is the founder of Fountain. Right. And they already have clipping, right? So and for anyone that hasn't played with Fountain, it's a, one of these podcasting 2.0 mm-hmm. apps. So they use the open RSS protocol. But basically, you can, um, you know, stream audio, receive sats for it. And they already have this feature where you can do clip, like do audio clips. Yep. But I think you mentioned last time that you had asked him, hey, can you 
convert that into a text Noster note. Right. And I actually haven't caught up with Oscar in a while, but I don't know if you're listening to this, but like that would be so badass. What, what was his take? Well, I, I remember we were chatting about it and he said, well, we've got some stuff coming, but I, I think he didn't want to pre-announce anything yet. Okay. So, well, if, if it's I from him we'll or, soon. or whoever, and also, you know, e- even on music, it'd be interesting, but I, I think podcasts in particular would be great. Um, and who knows? Maybe Pablo will build it because, you know, he builds know, everything. It, and, and also, I mean, I think I mentioned it to an, in a note that Pablo was involved in. And Pablo was like, oh, yeah, it's like you can highlight anything. Highlight it, right? So yeah. in a sense, it's a form of highlighting, right? And, and I love it because, at least for me, I have found this is just kind of an interesting tangent. But in my own life, you know, increasingly over the years, it's been harder for me just to sit down and read as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it. Ever since you know I got into VC, it was a lot more meetings and like, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get more into deep work mode, which is, which is important to me. But for whatever reason, uh, listening to books and listening to podcasts mm-hmm. while I'm working out or whatever is like extremely easy. And so, um, I find that there's probably, and I think also maybe it was Oscar or maybe Paul Itoy made this point that, you know, text is, is awesome. But often the thinking in text is a bit more, it comes out later and is a bit more refined. Often a lot of like first insights are coming like we are having now. Like we yeah. haven't sat down and really kind of like tried to massage the language, right. really come up with a thesis. We're just riffing, right? Yeah. But maybe some really, truly good ideas just come from the riffs. Yep. And I think that there's um, an interesting angle here around surfacing new and better ideas that either have not or will not make their way to text. Mm-hmm. If not for this product. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I actually totally. think there's like something very special and like, like truly unique about that. Right. Actually, I, I think the, you know, just speaking is the fastest way to get an idea out mm-hmm. much faster than writing something or, totally. you know, kind of, you know, texting it, you know, whether you're doing a blog post or a text or anything, but speech is just, you just like let yeah. it fly free form. So actually now you're making me wonder one of the things that feels like it could be a challenge about the speaking, the reply is if it's very structured as a note in like a moment. Yeah. But I would almost, I'm almost thinking now I want like a podcast player that um, I can just have on play and it's recording me. And then when I say something, I can kind of just like yell back at it. Oh, this is my thought on it. Right. And then I can be like, okay, <laughs> like take the last 30 seconds or whatever. Right. I love that. Yeah. And again, this kind of gets into some of the stuff we talked about in the future when you're, you know, whatever AI LLM assistant, like right. maybe you'll, you know, communicate via voice and just say, Hey, fountain or apple like clip the last 30 seconds and add in this note bowl yep 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 that's gonna be great and also i mean you know some of the stuff we've been talking about with like edge ai which i know i want to talk a lot more about mm-hmm. today but like i think it would be super cool as just an example if i could be like look here are like the 20 podcasts or podcast guests that i love go and like listen to all of their podcasts and like spit out for me the most important 20 sections or notes or as like starting points for me to go deeper. Yep. I yep. love that product. Totally. And we're going to get there. I would use that like right now. So Pablo, Oscar, whoever's <laughs> listening, like that would be super dope. <laughs> and actually while we're, while we're talking about new products and new product ideas, uh, we want to use, uh, did you see we were, we were talking about a walking proof of walk. So I, I saw, I think Jack tweeted this out, like you tweeted it and then he confirmed yeah. it. it was some kind of like Strava where you get paid in sats or something. Well, or? Well, yeah, it wasn't super formed, but it was, uh, do you know, I think it was the user Davies. No. Uh, well, I've probably, but. yeah, he, uh, he'd screenshotted from, uh, the Google health app and I think he showed like the number of steps he'd taken mm. and he called it proof of walk. <laughs> oh, I like it. My only issue with that. So I, so 
I actually am a huge walker. I don't know if you know this, but yeah. like, I, I mean, you walked over here. Yeah. I, I try and walk at least two, three plus hours a day. What's um, your, uh, what are your, uh, averages? Like what are your daily, weekly, yearly averages? Well, here's the thing. I don't have, I don't wear any tracking devices at all. So I have no idea. You have a phone. I do. And I guess, is that something I can enable? You don't probably even have to enable it. I think it's enabled by default. So are you I, serious? I wasn't checking this cause I kind of, I've been like haphazard yeah. about, um, about, you know, sort of exactly all the fitness trackers and stuff, but yeah, I'm always scared um, of that stuff. And like, <laughs> so I don't know, I, but I went back, I haven't looked at this okay. for like, what's the app? It's called health. It's on iOS. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> but I uh, hear, here's the receipts. My, I've got 13,000 daily average, uh, steps in the last year. Oh, I'm setting it up right now. T- to be clear, I've always been like very paranoid and like try okay. to like never set up anything that <laughs> was unnecessary, but Oh, interesting. I don't think I have. Wait a second. So, so I was thinking that. Okay, I, I have some here. Um, although I don't always walk with my phone, but it says you average seventeen thousand six hundred forty-six, six hundred forty-seven steps a day over the last seven days. Wow, that's good. I walk a lot. That's good. Yeah, yeah, you got it. So, so you would be a great user of this new app. I'm calling it Zapatos. Oh, no mames, puta madre. <laughs> Me gusta. <laughs> Quiero usarlo. Get your zaps. On zapatos. I love it. So, sorry, one other random thing I'm just looking at. It's, this is fascinating. By the way, I had like, uh, actually, I had a couple of like mind blowing experiences. Both, Hit me. Cur- both courtesy of my girlfriend last week. Um, one was this is extremely embarrassing, but I'll share it anyway. I, you know, <laughs> I lived abroad. I was in Mexico, as you know, yeah. for five years. And like, I, I've always thought of my like kind of approach to technology a little bit, not as extreme, but kind of like Kevin Kelly's, where it's kind of mm-hmm. like, I, I love thinking about new tech and I'm fascinated with the possibilities, but I'm like pretty skeptical on adopting tech, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I like to have my screen in black and white and like, yep. um, I try and like use the phone less and less and like even deleted my browser for a while. I've taken some like pretty, some pretty drastic measures, but I also recognize it helps me a lot. Maps is incredible. Uber or Lyft or whatever, incredible utilities. Um, but I was kind of embarrassed that, uh, the other day I tried it a few times and I was flutzing with it, fumbling around like a total boomer um, <laughs> and just got frustrated using Apple pay. And then the other day we were at a restaurant and I was like, you know, trying to figure this out. And my girlfriend was like, do you not know how to use Apple pay? <laughs> Anyways, long story short, I did like figure it out. She's like, you're the payments guy. And I was like, well, that's true, but you're trying to take Apple pay down, right? With something lightning. like that. Exactly. <laughs> with lighting. Now I'll say like I do. And because I have the old iPhone, you know, I right. love this yeah. one because it's still got, it's a tinier screen, which I like, and it yeah. it still has the touch ID. Yeah. So it's nice. I can just touch ID and pay with it. And I like it now. Obviously. Touch ID is much nicer than face ID. It's so much nicer. Yeah. And also face ID kind of creeps yeah, me out, creepy, even yeah. if they, you know, all yeah. the things. So but anyway, so that was kind of embarrassing but also kind of cool. And then the other thing um, that I wanted to mention to you is, uh, yeah, late night, Saturday night. I still haven't done it with Waymo, but we did our first self-automated car in cruise. Oh, cool. And it yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I was really excited for it, and it was, like, after a concert. Um, by the Who'd way... What did you see? Yeah, well, I need, I need to share this, uh, this, this incredible group called Wednesday. Uh-huh. And uh, Wednesday, they're, like, kind of, like... Uh, psychedelic shoegaze mixed with a bit of country. I'm not a big country guy. She's much more in a country, but the... But you're the more sh- the psychedelic shoegaze? Oh, yeah. Big time. Like, big time. And <laughs> I didn't like, know that was a genre. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's a... I mean, some of the best bands came out of here, actually. Like Brian Jones, Tom Masker back in the day. Mm. And they're one of my all-time favorites. And I would say this band is the only band I've seen in recent memory that creates as good, if not better, 
than a wall of sound that I've seen with Anton and the Brian Jones song Massacre. I, I need to share some of the stuff, but like it, it's hard and like, <laughs> you know, I know it's, it's not everyone's cup of tea, uh-huh. but like when they just create that wall of sound, everybody's just like, <laughs> like, and I don't know, it's like for it, it to me, it's like the closest thing to religious experience I've mm. had in a long time. Right. It's very beautiful. That was the, the music or the, the car ride? It, well, <laughs> both are pretty, pretty interesting, but the music and then getting in the car afterwards, you know, we're still kind of like, whoa. And, um, yeah, like I actually have to say, I got like at first like a little scared. I was like, okay, like I was so excited for it. Then I was like, wait a second, like there's no one fucking driving. I was like, what if this thing like careens off right, in the road? Right, but right. Um, and I think it's interesting. I don't know how does Waymo, but Cruise, I, at least in the program we're in, you could only do um, like very late night, like after ten or eleven p.m. Oh yeah, uh, Waymo is twenty four seven. Yeah, and basically anywhere in the city now. So you, you got to hook me up with that code. Though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have it yet. Yeah, I, really? I'm on the wait list. Jen has it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't have it. Either. But but we take it everywhere. We take I mean, it everywhere. It's incredible, right? It's crazy. And it's it, crazy. It, is it substantially cheaper? Well, it. I wouldn't say the economics are worked out. So okay. I, I think they don't have a commercial license. So everything's oh, free. Like free for now. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I think the cheaper thing is just a question of like, how do they want to amortize the costs of the billions of dollars they've spent over the last you know ten or fifteen years to do this? Yeah. Do they want to be a premium experience, a parody experience, or a cheaper experience? What do you think it's going to be? I mean, I think it's purely strategic. It's purely a capital allocation decision. What's your guess? Well, I, I think it's much nicer. Mm-hmm. So I think it will attract a premium payer. And um, and I think there's going to be a you know some amount of time where they have to ramp up you know production and licenses and how many can be on the road at a given time and how much servicing, repair, et cetera. So my guess is it'll be uh, supply constrained for some period of time. So yeah. while that ramps, it seems logical to make it premium price for a premium experience and then probably as they get rolled out and they're more available and they have like a bigger network probably over time it should be the cheapest option yeah it's so cool i mean it's just like it, it was surreal just to see the like okay all the stuff people have been talking about you know it's like any hype cycle you hear about it 10 years ago and you're like it's here and then it never comes you're like it's never coming and then it's like wait no actually it <laughs> came and it's here in the next probably two years it's probably gonna like overthrow everything right right it is uh it's impressive i was also thinking about how you know when 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 you're a kid, maybe, I don't know if this was the case when you were a kid, but like when you're a kid, oftentimes you're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had this really awesome sports car or something, yeah, yeah. right? And you're like, that's freedom and that's fun and yeah. and it looks cool. And now like the flex is like, I don't have a car. <laughs> well, well, actually, I have to say, I, I haven't had, had a car or driven since really. See, you're flexing on me now. 18. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I, look, it's it's been like 15 years. And I, I look, I mean, I do miss it. And like, I will say I've gotten so rusty. I want to get better at driving and to like do certain trips and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. no, like it's just, it's just more convenient. Like cars can be fun, but it's also stressful finding parking. Yeah. Someone's yeah. going to break into your car. It's just, it's a lot of hassle. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, nice that you've got, uh, got access to EVs and, or they're both EVs and AVs, right? EV yeah. AVs, so. Dude, it's, yeah, the, the future is here. It, and it's happening and it's going to get rolled out and everybody's going to use it. And I mean, yeah, with all the crazy LLM stuff we're talking about, like, how about just like this? This is AI. It's right? here. Yeah. <laughs> it's here. It's not theoretical. Well, it's like it's like you call anything AI that doesn't right. yet work, right? It's kind of the, the thing. Yeah. And I remember when I was talking to a friend about this who's who's been, you know, investing in AI for, I don't know, a decade mm-hmm. or more now. And, um, and we were remembering back when we first saw the did you mean on google we were like 
how does it do that? <laughs> We're like, that's AI. That's amazing. Yeah. And now people are like, that's some cheap party trick. Who cares? Yeah, like, exactly. Everybody knows how, everybody knows how <laughs> to do that. Right. Which, which actually is kind of like it commoditized and now it's available to everybody. So, Hey, so while we're talking about AI, yeah. you know, jumping around a little bit, yeah, yeah. but like, uh, this is just top of mind for me. So I read last week and disclaimered all of this stuff. I'm trying to ramp up as fast as I can because I'm, I'm getting pretty obsessed with what's happening. Yeah. Um, but certainly no expert. So I read the piece from that Substack guy, Dylan Patel, I think, basically commenting on the Google engineer who basically says, look, we have no moat. OpenAI has no moat. Open source is just lapping everybody. Right. And like, you know, there's a lot to digest in there and I'm still digesting, but like general take is that, you know, um, models, like once you have decent enough foundational models, you can fine tune them for your own personal or corporate or whatever use on the edge pretty cheaply, pretty commoditized hardware. Yep. And probably it's a lot better to have like a lot of like pretty like finely tuned um, models, even if they're not the exact latest and greatest from right. OpenAI or Google, um, which seems compelling, at least for building products. Like if you want to go, it's different if you want to say like, well, it's not going to get to AGI that well, which I'm very skeptical of anyway, but mm-hmm. you know, okay, fine. So that's a separate thing, but at least for building like real products that normal people will use. Okay. It seems pretty damn good. Yep. And it has me very encouraged for a lot of reasons. One, because it, you know, as I'm kind of aiming for and hoping for with my fund, right? Being called hive mind yeah. is this idea that there's going to be just edge intelligence, right? Yep, yep. Kind of like a model always says swarm intelligence, not AGI, but swarm intelligence. Whereas Kevin Kelly says, it's not one AI, but trillions of AIs yep. with billions of humans, all different. Just like every human is different, every experience. And uh, anyway, so that got me really excited. And um, it seems like the open source movement is picking up even more steam. And I saw you tweeting some interesting articles about today. I think mm-hmm. Jack tweeted some interesting stuff, looking to fund and support this stuff. By the way, I, as an investor, I'm looking for that overlap of yep. how does Lightning and Bitcoin, Noster and AI at the edge, how does all of that you know, mash up together? I'm very interested in investing more in this space in the next two years. Uh, anyways, I, I just find it fascinating. I'm not an expert. You've thought a lot about this. So I'm curious, or at least more than I have. I'm, I'm curious. Where is your head with all this? Yeah, I mean, I I think there's, obviously there's so much progress in it. um, And I think that's exciting and there's all kinds of new tools we can use. I think a lot of it is, a lot of the generative stuff is what, it's so palpable. You know, we we can use it, we can touch it, we we can play with it and laugh at it. And so, you know, I think the big question is, and a lot of that has been pushed forward by OpenAI. I think the big question is, it, do they have something that's so unique that it cannot be replicated? Mm-hmm. And if it can be replicated elsewhere, right. can it be replicated elsewhere cheaply? Right. And if it can be replicated elsewhere cheaply and you, you can't keep raising the ceiling while the floor is coming up, like if you run into limits on the ceiling and the floor keeps rising, yeah. floor meaning like, you know, cheap compute done at the edge, et cetera, then you actually, you know, everything kind of gets commoditized and hopefully pushed to the edge. That's sort of like, my hope is mm-hmm. that you don't end up with kind of a single runaway kind of p- private company that, you know, owns all of AI. That would be like a bad result. And I think that was, the, you know, the original open of open AI was intended <laughs> to be open like that. And then I think it kind of got a little bit more commercial and closed down. But I think it's it's healthy that there's a lot of competition in this ecosystem. And one of the things that, you know, big announcement today, uh, it uh, Google, I don't know if you saw Google I.O. had a big announcement about... I saw there were a couple, but I haven't... Gonna tons see. of tons of progress like across across the board in AI. Basically, like the whole story is like AI everything, yeah. right? Which is good for, I think, the future that I think we're kind of mutually hoping for, which is if Google can do all the things that OpenAI can do, yeah. then that means probably neither of them runs away with it. Yeah. And the floor of what can be done with cheaper computing 
has a chance to sort of catch up. Mm-hmm. Like if they're just going to run escape velocity and nothing's ever going to catch up, then I think we would be less optimistic that there's going to be as much edge AI or decentralization. Um, but exactly which techniques and how is it funded? And, you know, there's tons of questions about that. But, um, but I think, you know, just seeing that Google is able to, you know, it dropped all these bangers on like, you know, what's happening with, uh, uh, you know, like code gen stuff mm-hmm. and what's happening just integrated into like every product and, and you know, sheets and Excel, and, you know, uh, Google sheets and, uh, and Google docs and like all of the products are going to be like deeply integrated with large language models and generative AI stuff. So I think it's exciting that we're going to get it in a bunch of people's hands quickly and that it doesn't appear that open AI is going to run away with it because Google's kind of keeping up at least. And then it doesn't seem like Google would run away with it because OpenAI should hopefully keep that in check. Yeah. And I, I've heard rumblings. And I don't know all of the architectures that will make sense because they're probably different. But I've heard a lot of rumblings of like, um, do you see like Apple Silicon can do a lot of uh, kind of, I think the stable diffusion models run really well yeah. on Apple Silicon now. And that was part of the, the Stratechery article, article that I, which is really good. I shared. Way. Yeah, that was a great article. He, have you read Ben Thompson before? I have. I mean, he's. I mean, he's definitely kind of like <laughs> par for the course in, in VC. But I, I haven't followed him that closely in, in recent years. But I thought this. I'm going to again because I thought this was so well done. Yeah. So I, I think his his main point was that the the you know Google internal leaked memo is probably a little overstated, but that there is you know there is real competition emerging here, and it's. You know, it's not like Google is done because of this, but it's good that there's a lot of competition that's going to keep that stuff in check. Um, I have a lot of questions. So Google I.O. didn't follow super closely. In addition to integrating AI in their products, I think one of the things I saw is they released BAR to the public. Is that yep. true? Yep. And is it, I'm curious, like what was their kind of framing around it? It's like, hey, this is just a competitor to chat GPT. Is it, this is a potential replacement for search or something totally different or how do they frame those like potential competitive slash collaborative? I don't know. I, I didn't see the announcement, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know how it was framed. Um, I think it, you know, usually you wouldn't frame it relative to a competitor. So my guess is it was probably framed as like, Hey, here's this great new way to do this cool. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know, you know, how closely it coupled with kind of the surge experience. My guess is it's still kind of its own thing and it's like a preview. And I think my understanding is it's open. No, no, anyone can play with it. Right anyone now. can play with it. So it's kind of not waitlist. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think it's like, you know, just use your Google search engine and get this as an option. Like that's probably too, <laughs> too serious of an integration for now. Cause it's, you know, beta product. I'm excited. And, and I know this is somewhat irrational. Like I'm skeptical of all the big tech companies, but for whatever reason, like I still kind of like Google to some degree. Like I just, I don't know. I just think they make amazing products. I don't trust them with my data, of course. <laughs> um, but at the very least, I know with all of their brain power behind this, it's going to, it feels like if they're really going all in this, I mean, like they still have some of the smartest humans on the planet. It feels like that's a good thing for humanity. Just push forward as long as there are similarly reasonably equipped other players. Then in addition to opening, I've heard, I don't know all the details around this, but didn't like, I think Anthropic has raised some like mm-hmm. just mind staggering amount of yep. money to train what they think is going to be a much better model. And so I, I guess that that's the fundamental question is, and maybe there are people and not listening Nostra have more informed opinions about this. Anthropic but, and adept cohere. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, Anthropic is one I think raised a like stupid amount, but maybe they all have at this point. Yeah. I don't know. But my big question is, um, you know, how much, how many, how much gain is there left to be had in just, you know, more compute, more data versus, okay, have we already kind of seen like a Moore's law tapering off type deal there? And 
the next, like, yes, there will be a new fundamental breakthrough and a much better model, but it's just, it's something brand new. And maybe it's in the lab now, or maybe it's not even there, which would give us several years in theory for the kind of like edge models to get to at least 90% or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think we're going to have to <laughs> find out, going to have to watch. Uh, but along the way, we, we've got a decentralized communication tool that probably could help if there, if there is a decentralized uh, approach to doing either training or inference or both or both. Yeah. We actually have a tool now that can help the coordination. Cause really like any, any, if you have a rack of a one hundreds, they yeah. all have to communicate with each other. Exactly. If you have them all owned by different people or running out of different data centers competing in some way to service the inferences that are demanded, then you have like a need for the kinds of things that we're talking about a lot. Right. And you have, I love it. Piece of it. So, so I want to throw out a couple of ideas I've been thinking around yeah. sort of this intersection of lightning Noster and AI. Yeah, and yeah. I'm curious your feedback on these and other ideas you've had. So I've been thinking about how is this hive mind or swarm going to form? Well, I think one point is, I think there's, there's many different ways this, this could go. One way is um, what you're saying, which is, you know, the idea of just distributed computer, distributed storage period, right? Mm-hmm. So if we want to train a model, Right. And, you know, a brand new mega model, even, you know, maybe we could with enough data centers and maybe it's not everyone's home computer. Maybe that happens eventually. Like kind of like, I think I mentioned this in a prior podcast, the ICOs, those were all good ideas. They were just on the wrong rails. Right. And so Gollum was one of these world computer projects in 2017, right, right. blah, blah, blah. But like, maybe we can use Noster and lightning payments to pay for the compute, get stringed together a bunch of medium sized data centers that could compete with the Google's OpenAI's coheres, whatever of the world. Mm-hmm. So that's one really interesting thing. Second interesting thing that I'm really excited about is the Nostra data itself. And I think that as you're looking kind of like for edges and training some of these models, one of the edges is just unique data. And that's a big edge actually, I think. And eventually this will be commoditized as well. But I think that perhaps we can, even with fewer parameter models, get better AIs or at least better like base models and eventually can be trained on the edge as well just from having access to this whole new sea of information right because a, a lot of my thesis at least with Noster is that it, it's not it's because it's a truly open web with fewer silos it's going to be a much bigger web mm-hmm. and with a bigger web and it's going to take Google and the other players much longer to index this I think there is a very special opportunity for someone to go out there and say no we're going to train our models on all the Noster information mm-hmm. from across the Twitter platforms and the Medium platforms, the music platform, all of them. Yep. And so I think that, and then it gets into the idea of like, well, what are the weights for this? Which are some of the questions that, you know, both Artur and Pablo and Milian, like all these entrepreneurs are thinking through. And yep. I think, I think there's going to be something very special there and who's going to train an AI and, and also based on Noster data and who's going to like create the weights for that. Right. I think that's, a, or, or maybe there's lots of them, right? Yeah, and it may be kind of application or kind of purpose-specific, right? It, it may, but but I guess what I'm getting at is I think, yes, but I think that's almost like a second thing. I, what mm-hmm. I'm saying is like better base models from just a wider corpus of knowledge because the models we can train here, we can use, you know, the internet and the wide corpus or like, right. you know, use the other models, Llama or GPT-4 or whatever as a base and then add to it this whole new corpus of information, right. which is happening in Noster, which is swelling and again, it keeps swelling right. and potentially with like the value rank or the, you know, Satoshi tipping weights, that's brand new. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm saying is that first we could potentially get just a better base model. Mm-hmm. And then because with Noster, you have the ability to control what data you're sharing versus not. 
as we see a world with more kind of private relays, you know, potentially, you know, Umbral, for example, goes mainstream and you share most of your data, but certain like right, private right. notes you just don't share. Then you fine tune on your own data for yourself or your organization's yep. private relay fines tune for it. Yep. So better foundational model and mm-hmm. better application models is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I and mean, you've got like nice, I think the private corpus stuff is pretty interesting because of how we don't really know what UIs we want to use to do this kind of search or indexing or what kinds of queries you might issue to it. Yeah. But having your own data indexed, because we, we don't even know exactly how, how should groups, how should private groups work on Noster? Yeah. Or should they? Like, yeah. I, I, I was talking to Nout and he was like, oh, you shouldn't mess with any of that <laughs> stuff. It's just about, you know, don't suppress speech. And then Nout likes privacy. <laughs> <laughs> but meaning he, he's kind of like saying, you know, the, the structure of the idea of like a relay and a client is not designed to make group chat better, which, which like peace, I get that. I kind of like mostly agree with that. But then I was talking to, um, I haven't published this one yet, but I was talking to, uh, do you know Hodelbod? Uh, I know the name. He's the one who built, uh, Coracle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very sharp guy. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a couple conversations. And he has been talking about. That's a great name, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was like, do I call you Hodelbod? Do I do I call you Ben? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so do I. So uh, I was talking to Hodlebot on uh, on I think it was Monday night. I got to publish that one soon. But he was talking about this idea of like how should you know kind of the Facebook group use case is really strong, mm-hmm. and it has some sort of a public nature to it. But there are also some different you know how does privacy work in a group? Like if you have a group of fifteen hundred people, that's not exactly like a DM. Right. It's more like a Noster type post, but it has some scoping to it and some permissions. And I think all of the like, you know, key issuance and forward, backward looking stuff, like there's not really great answers to it. But I think when I start hearing him talking about how should a large Facebook group work on Noster, it is more of a publishing use case than a pure DM. Mm. But it probably solves some of the problems that pure DMs need to solve. Mm. And then it makes me wonder, like, is there is that meant like should the architecture and i guess you know there's probably people who've debated this already but should the architecture just kind of adapt what the purpose of a relay is to be able to serve that kind of thing or is there like a a different thing that's like a different type of relay that's meant more of a, a you know your personal relay or a private relay for yourself that you use to augment data for like these other use cases you're talking about but um but but it it does seem like it starts to inch us toward you know, solving the DM problem. Yeah. Even though it's not strictly a DM. Well, in, in the, what's his name? Arc guy. Um, ben Christopher, no, no, oh. Christopher, who we chatted with. Oh, Arc, yeah. 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 He, he, I think has pushed some of the nips around the messaging stuff. So he might be an mm. interesting person to do a follow up with at some point, but, um, I, I don't know. And I haven't thought enough about it, but my guess is that one of two things is going to happen. You're going to have special relays and like, I'm not saying everyone's going to run their own. Maybe, to be clear, I've always loved the boldness of Umbral's vision where they say, look, in the same way that a computer used to be mainframe and like was this giant thing that like mm-hmm. you had to be IBM to own or whatever. Um, and then it became the personal computer. And a lot of people laughed at that and said it's impossible. Their vision is the server today is this giant thing that eventually will just become a personal server. And like, mm-hmm. it's a very bold vision. I'm not saying it's gonna happen overnight. I hope it happens. But even if that doesn't happen, I still think you can have cloud providers maybe using some of this zero knowledge stuff to be able to say like, look, like you can have a private relay with us. The data is like secure. You can prove this with zero knowledge proofs or whatever. And which, um, you know, 
how exactly that works is above my, my grade yeah. at this point, but there's probably smarter people. And, and that seems reasonable to me. They'll just be like, Hey, you know, we, we spun up a private uh, relay for this private chat. We pay a small amount for it, whatever. The other possibility, which seems very promising to me as well, is that again, like with Bitcoin, everything happens in layers. Like everyone's like, Oh, we need Bitcoin to be fast and this and right. that. It's like, it's just not gonna happen on the same layer. That's fine. Maybe Nostr is the coordination layer for communication. And then if you want to have like, for example, peer to peer chat, you use something different. Yep. And so Nostr is like, that's like the, the handshake. That's where you find the people yeah. and you can verify that this is the right version because this is the max that I talked to totally. about that thing. Or and then maybe you have like, you know, if it's a call, it's like the key kind of thing of just like a sock to sock connection. Yep. Or maybe if it's a private DM, I don't know what the appropriate right. thing would be. But th- that's kind of my, my intuition is that Nostr is like the like coordination layer. Right. And yep. then there'll be other custom specific either protocols that are horizontal or vertical or, you know, some other way of like directing towards private chat. Right. Well, this, this layers thing I think is an important point and it touches on a bit of the blue sky is a scam. concept. (laughs) (laughs) Very, Um, very kind of like chill, uh, not inflammatory title from Fiat Joff there. I I actually like his style of being kind of just like zero fucks. Yeah. Yeah. Just get it out there. This is what I'm thinking. And you know, kind of in a, I don't know if he's trying to be provocative, but I think he's just trying to like just speak his mind really, right? Yeah, I think he's just yeah. being honest. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I always like to try to understand more like, you know, why is he saying that? And what, you know, is that a, is, like, does everybody look at it? Like we can look at, I don't know, we can look at, you know, pick your favorite, I don't know, Cardano. <laughs> I think we can all come to agreement about kind of what that probably is. I think probably everybody involved would agree yeah. in, in reality. I think with, um, you know, with, with like Blue Sky, I don't think it's a scam in the way that like Cardano is a scam. I think, <laughs> I mean, I, I think. I know what you mean, yeah. But I think there's like. It's not a pure cash grab. <laughs> well, I think that's, a, you know, an important feature is there, there's not a reason to be economically attracted to it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I think it's more, um, you know, a starting point to hopefully build something useful. But I kind of what I was saying in some of the, the videos I made on the topic I think we're really kind of all on the same team, which is Team Open. Yes. And it's a different approach to Team Open. And I think it's good to have as many people trying things that, that you know may be credible or may sort of surface interesting insights about how something could be done. Totally. But I see sort of Blue Sky, and this was actually, <clears throat> I just saw the post from Rebel. Uh, I did. It was great. But I, I love, you know, kind of he references the cathedral versus the bizarre approach. I love it. And, you know, I think Blue Sky is very cathedral, like well-structured, well-planned. And, um, and Nostra is very bizarre approach. Yeah, it is the bizarre. <laughs> and and you, you actually don't, you sort of, to do, to do that well, you actually need to just not care about solving all the problems and be okay that, like, it doesn't scale well and we're not sure how to find relays and, you know, the data doesn't cache well. And there's, there's all kinds of, you know, and you have to have users manage their own keys. But then hopefully we're we're getting layers added and people feel comfortable to add those layers that can get us eventually to the more cathedral like experience, but we're building the cathedral. Well, we're building a bizarre structure, but we're building something that could be cathedral like in its final analysis once you see it, but you can't necessarily centrally plan the cathedral. You kind of have to do it from the ground up. I could not agree more. And I watched your video on this. I haven't watched the one with Ravel yet, but I watched your video and I read his post and I, I just agree with all of the above. So high level, my thoughts are 
you know, I know some of the people, the blue sky project as well. Like I actually think these people are probably well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any kind of money grab happening here. Right. Um, there's no token, obviously. I think that the danger is exactly what you said. It's like a lot of very smart people that think that they can reason their way to things. And one of my guiding principles, I guess, in life that's emerging is like, you know, reason is a powerful tool, but it's just a tool and it's a very limited tool. And the older I get, the more I'm just like, let things flow with nature as much as possible. Mm -hmm. That could mean going with your gut, which I feel like is one way of, you know, kind of understanding what the right response to things is. Um, It could mean just trusting that if you let evolution do its thing, the right outcome is going to be achieved. But it, it, re- it does require in a sense, it's kind of almost paradoxical requires almost a bit of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, you know, faith in the sense that you believe in the beauty. It's almost divinity in a way, which not to get like too <laughs> metaphysical or spiritual about this, but in the, the beauty and divinity of emergent behavior and complexity, mm-hmm. if you believe, and I think we have, mountains of evidence now to suggest that at every level of universal organization that lots of simple parts following very simple instructions Mm -hmm. can interact with one another to create more complex ecosystems, which then create emergent properties and behaviors, which were completely different, almost magically than from what happened to the layer below it, yep. then to me, it's pretty obvious that we've seen it work with a lot of things with the internet, with Bitcoin, yep. um, that this is probably the right approach for a decentralized protocol as well. And you talked about this in your post, I think, or somewhere at Galt's Law or whatever. Yeah, Galt's Law, yeah. Galt's Law, yeah. Start with very simple, understandable building blocks and let those mash up to create the next level of building blocks. And so, I, I don't know, I, I can't, and, and I think this is a debate I've had with some of my AI friends as well, many of whom I'm great friends with, like I'm huge fans of, they're far deeper in the subject, far smarter than I am. But I think that one of the dangers I see with really smart people, and I see this in the AGI community, mm-hmm. I certainly see this in the EA community, um, you see this in the Ethereum community with people like Vitalik, clearly like these guys, IQs, way higher than mine, like no question. But there is, because maybe they're so smart, they have this belief that rationality and pure intelligence can solve everything. And what I'm increasingly convinced of, the older I get is, don't matter how smart you are. Nope. Because there is no one kind of intelligence. And the idea that AGI, I think, is a lie. It's, it's, It's a false claim. It's a religious claim because it says there's general intelligence. There's no such thing as general intelligence. You know, Kevin Kelly says this very well. It's like even human, very adaptable intelligence is only one kind of intelligence that grew up because of the environment in which we evolved and emerged. Mm-hmm. And if you dropped us in a totally different environment, or you drop whatever in a totally different environment, a radically different kind of intelligence. And the way evolution works, you can't say one thing is superior to another, right? Like cockroaches are still around. They're intelligent. They're yeah. just as intelligent as we are, if not more so. They've lasted longer, but it's radically different, right? And so anyways, so <laughs> I'm going on a bit of a rant, but my point here is that... Um, just letting go and letting the Dow complexity, whatever you want to call it, do its thing to me is just like, is the, seems like the right way. And the more we believe we can solve things with our minds, the more frustrated and sad and just disappointed we're going to be. Right. So if we just like start with the atomic building blocks of something that works, we can sort of add the layers on over time and just trust the process instead of try to 
control the process. Totally. And I think, you know, again, it's not just with technology. We've seen it with Bitcoin, the internet, blah, blah, blah. But like, this is just like a fact of evolution. In fact, there's this concept, um, maybe it was like Ken Wilber that I read this first and that had this idea of holons. And the holon idea is that at every level of existence that we're aware of, that every single thing that we try and classify. And like, that's one of the challenges with our mind, right? Is like the mind wants to classify this is different from that. Mm-hmm. But that's a completely arbitrary distinction, right? Like, are we different from the house in which we are? No, we're not. Or are we different from the trees in which we no. Like we need, um, you know, the oxygen from the trees right. to be able to survive. Like at what point do we start and the trees end? Like it's, it's, there are blocks, right? Like we're not like attached to the tree physically, but, but these are very arbitrary distinctions that the mind makes. And so, um, his broader point, which has stuck with me for over a decade now, is that everything you try and isolate is itself both a part and a whole. Right. Everything, right? Right. A organ is part of an organ system. An organ system is part of an organism. An organism is part of an ecosystem, all the way up and mm-hmm. all the way down as far as we can see, and probably farther. Yep. A proton is not really a proton. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a bunch of waves, probably or whatever energy vibrating around. So, anyways, I just think. Um, the mind is good, but it's limited. And I, this is also, and again, I don't have perfect confidence in this forever, but my strong intuition with AI is I'm increasingly in the camp of just let her rip. Mm-hmm. And the reason is the mind has so many blind spots. Yep. Like who are we to think that we can control this new intelligence and that we're going to get it all the way right? Right. My view is that the Tao nature is probably much better equipped than an, a limited mind is right what if the moles never let us exist yeah <laughs> <laughs> what are we to say slash end rant <laughs> um it's good though it's good uh one, one of the things that i uh that the the kind of composability idea of noster um has gotten me kind of curious about is um you know, I, th- I think Vyachov came out really hard against uh, Blue Sky. And I noticed that I had a very similar kind of negative reaction when I, I told you about the Bill Ottman, vid- when Bill Ottman was on Rogan. And was- I, I don't remember Bill Ottman. Oh, really? You, the oh, Mines the guy. Mines guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so he, he, you know, started this kind of social network called Minds, which is, I think, aspirationally, you know, wants to achieve the same goals of things like Noster and Blue Sky. Uh, but I, I kind of when I when I heard him representing it, I was like, no, you can't, don't misrepresent this stuff, right? It was like, yeah. kind of has that, you know, almost what you might call that that uh, defensive nature. And you know, I he he reached out. He was you know really you know kind and generous. And reached out, hey, just wanted to talk. Like what you know, saw the video. Are you gonna do a pod with him? I, I think we'll do something. Yeah, but that'd be great. Actually, but we had a call, so we you know we kind of talked it out. Watch out, Joe Rogan. <laughs> DK uh, curious. DK is coming for your spot. <laughs> No, he, but I think he was like very, you know, reasonable. And I think he has like good intentions on this stuff. It's yeah. just maybe like, maybe difference of opinion about like where they are, where the current business is, how they transition. Um, but I, I'm kind of wondering, like, I think within the realm of Bitcoin, where a lot of us kind of grew up are thinking about this, it's almost like a feature to be, you know, people call it toxic Bitcoiners. It's like a feature to be like, extremely vocal about skepticism about things that don't adhere to the principles Mm -hmm. and and i think that's kind of my default when i see things that you know even have a whiff of uh, i don't know that this is exactly how i think you're you know you're you're not representing the it the way i think i see what you're trying to say right and i wonder if that's like as important or if that's as much of a feature to be kind of that 
you know, toxicity against the other that we have in Bitcoin versus other <laughs> coins as, um, you know, is that as important in Noster? Well, I think for who, right? So m- my point there. Well, for, let's say, let's say, uh, you know, this is called Noster News. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so we'll say that we're, we're pretty bought into this idea though, you know, ultimately it's fine. Like I've even said, I don't, you know, if, if there's actually a better way, I want to hear about it, you know, soon, I don't want to just, you know. <laughs> keep pursuing the wrong idea but um but i think if we see something if we see things that we appreciate about nostra and then we see other things should we be trying to figure out how to incorporate them and be you know available to listen to what you know what is mines doing and how are they choosing to do it or what is blue sky doing and how are they choosing to do it and are there good ideas that can be incorporated or are they just like different ideas that work in their structure that don't work in this structure and kind of yeah do we need as much toxicity? I think the answer is no, but like, well, curious. to be clear, I think I, I'm not a fan of toxicity necessarily in Bitcoin either. I think I, I get why it happens. People yeah, get yeah. tired of shit coining this and that. And like, I, I sympathize with why there's toxicity, but I, I've always been in the view. Well, look, I, I, I think, I think there's different roles for different folks and maybe, you know, Fiat Jaff, like that's his personality and right, type. Yeah. he's always going to be a little bit toxic fly, or whatever. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that's great. I mean, and, and he plays a role having said that. And if everyone were just like, you know, kind of bizarrely toxic and following a lot of like mm-hmm. the weird, like, you know, eating stuff or with Bitcoin, I think that's extremely unhealthy as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a role for different people. But I think actually for someone like you and for me as well is, you know, I think both of us gen- genuinely really believe in the ideals of, push it to the edge, let nature do its thing with Bitcoin, with Noster. And yet I think we're both pretty open-minded and open to listen, right? Like I, um, I've learned a lot from the Ethereum community around Bitcoin, even though I'm not, you know, like I, I certainly don't, you know, whatever, hold much Ethereum and I'm not that into it or whatever, but like, but there are good ideas there. In fact, they have much better designers. In fact, the bolt.fun people that I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of, they started as Ethereum people and then they came to Bitcoin. It's like for the first time we have people with like decent UI UX sense. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Yeah. And so of course there are things we can learn from there. You know, there's people today, I've seen more and more projects that are thinking about things like ZK rollups and Bitcoin. I'm not saying it's a good idea or a bad idea, but I love that. Yeah. There've been people that are pushing for new op codes. I'm not saying one op code is good or bad, but like in general, I'm in the camp of we should have these discussions and not assume everything is, you know, cut off forever. And so, and, and I get why people are toxic with Bitcoin because of the monetary supply, you really need that solidified base layer. So I would say, you know, I'm pretty open-minded even on Bitcoin. And then with Nostra, I think it's less important that we be toxic because, you know, for the same reason that we don't need a blockchain, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you, you only need one copy of the message um, and it can live in multiple different places and that's totally fine. It's not like there's one global state. Yep. And so... I think it's amazing for, you know, people like us to go out there and learn from these other ecosystems. If mines is a great, and you know, blue sky was pretty harsh on them a minute ago, but like they're working on cool ideas. Mm-hmm. Like they're, my understanding is they have their own version of DIDs, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, a lot of the other stuff that they have some ideas around storage and IPFS and stuff. I, I don't know enough to speak intelligently, right. but these are very smart people. And of course they're going to bring good ideas yeah. over. And if they do, we should absolutely adopt them. And if we see something that's 10 X better than Noster or we see a fundamental flaw in Noster, then yeah, we should be ready to abandon it. I just don't see that happening because Noster, because Noster is so simple. It's like, what, <laughs> it's not like there's any surprises. Like we know it's like this basic public private key, couple of fields and that's it. And the yeah. server. I mean, it, to, to me, Nostra just feels like a big box of a big box of Legos. Yes. And so you can kind of do anything you want with like you can connect them. You can make a house, you can make a farm, you can make a spaceship. <laughs> really? Like you can, it's, whatever. Yeah. But it, it's not like, Oh, let's plan to build a spaceship. 
here's now we need the nose cone and the wings and whatever you know the rocket you know the the, the base where it launches from now i would also like to say because i've been very harsh on sort of the cathedral mindset there are probably good examples of i mean like there are cathedrals right those are beautiful right. like if we had to steel man this like what would be your argument for like the best case a cathedral mindset works right actually i, I asked rebel uh to comment on this yeah and you know i guess we've we framed it a little bit like I think there are, we turned it kind of around open source because yeah. I think that's really where the dichotomy is most interesting to explore. You know, I think there's things that you just can't do in a decentralized way until you have great centralized models of what it should look like. And then you kind of have enough instigation. Like, I don't think you could have invented Linux mm-hmm. as is until you had Unix and probably even just having Windows as an intermediate step helped us figure out that hey, like all the stuff that was figured out by this corporation with a bunch of people employed and you know, they, they spent all this, you know, capital and resources and people time to figure it out in a centralized way. And then you're like, oh, I get all the good features. Like it doesn't necessarily need a start menu or a GUI or whatever, like, but, but it, it needs to be able to like, you know, uh, do like threading or kind of, you know, be, be able to handle like, a, you know, some of the early Linux stuff was actually very simple, uh, you know, simple kernels and stuff. But I think it's harder to do those things, to start those things fully decentralized. I think it's actually better to, you know, or sometimes we have to look at models. Like like today, I think it's it would be nearly impossible to have a decentralized space program. Hmm. That's a good point. I, I, it's just too much. Now, I, I don't think it means we can never have a decentralized space program. Right. But I think, like, let people go after that, marshal resources, have a CEO, yeah. figure out how to actually have a space program yep because we sort of you know had a government version now we have a corporate version we're having many more corporate versions being tried and then i think we we focus on just like the communication tools decentralizing the communication tools and once we've decentralized the communication tools maybe we actually have good centralized models of how a space program should work and we start to have like little flavors of what decentralized space programs might do or like what are some of the features how do you decentralize you know a launcher launch pad or whatever so i you know i'm kind of of the mindset that having centralized models helps inform what the decentralized version should look like and so maybe there's stuff in you know to bring it back to the kind of blue sky or minds discussion maybe there's something that we'll we'll see from kind of centralized organizations that have you know capital and people that are employed to make the thing better. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think there's other benefits that we could get from it. Like it wouldn't surprise me. Like I've, I've been on blue sky a little bit and um, I think there's, you know, there's like a bunch of reasonable people having reasonable conversations. And I don't think there's a lot decentralized about it today, but like one potential path is, you know, they, they have the same goals as Noster. Maybe Noster is the, the right path like that that might be what i would would call but i think you know let experimentation flourish but maybe they actually say like they become a client of nostr over time yeah maybe that's not the right for them today but if they've already now got a great ux that has attracted a lot of people who want the benefits of it but the people care about it and you know they try their experiment and you know we collectively try ours and there's a bunch of other experiments that go on but now they have all these people who care about it they showed up there they had a simple UX, they got onboarded, and now they graduate to like a Noster experience on a Blue Sky client, or there's bridges, or I, you know, I don't know all of yeah. the different approaches. But in a sense, I don't think it's like every every element of Ethereum takes away from 
every element of Bitcoin or like, I agree. And it's interesting. In fact, I mean, you could, I mean, I'm a fan of bridging, right? Like I, yeah. I personally think that if they want to be decentralized or whatever, like probably embracing Nostra style approach makes sense. But you know, maybe some people kind of like in the minds case want a centralized experience, but they still want to just be able to use their login in the same. And if that's what some subset of users want, like it's better that they have interoperability and at least a decentralized identity than nothing. Right. And so I, I look, I'm all, I'm always for bridges. And even with like in the, you know, um, crypto land, one of the ideas that I was always excited about and a company lightning bridges kind of built this is you can build lightning network on top of other chains. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of viewed that as like an interesting rails to suck all, all the value back to Bitcoin. This is in many ways an actualization of John Pfeffer's 2017 utility token thesis, mm -hmm. which says Bitcoin's only money, it's energy back, blah, blah, blah. All the other tokens that they want to exist, fine, but they're just like Chuck E. Cheese tokens. And if you have something like the Lightning Network that is attached to both Bitcoin and Solana, let's say, you can bridge back and forth. And so I basically keep my money in Bitcoin, send it to um, Solana, basically send a payment to Solana. And there's like some technical complexity in how you can do this, um, at least in a decentralized way with, with the swap, but but you could do it centralized very easily. So between two different exchanges, now I can send you know those two tokens back and forth over the Lightning Network at the speed of light. And maybe I hold my money in Bitcoin if I need to use the Solana network or whatever network for whatever reason, you know, I can do it just in time and great. Now everyone has access to Bitcoin mm -hmm. and you already, ha you know, bring all those users over. I think on a long enough time horizon, I think the more kind of elegant solution of everything scaling vertically makes sense. But at least in that transition, I think bridges are great. Yeah. I yeah. also think there's a lot we need to learn. Like to be clear, the beauty of the, you know, the excitement of the bizarres, there's everything left to build, right? right? Like, identities we've talked about this you know i don't know how blue sky is doing this but i know we've talked about maybe dids and what blocks working on can help mm -hmm. create a better version of identity you know with key rotation you know i got pwned in my first two weeks on Noster. like wish i still <laughs> had that identity like wish i could have rotated my key it's like there's still so much to figure out and some of these other experiments probably will give good ideas around that right and speaking of key rotation or getting pwned, um, yeah. I, I guess we actually have like a, a news topic in our list, right? So We're totally off the news. I don't even know we're, we're, <laughs> what, what topic is that. <laughs> we didn't know it was like an LSD trip. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we could, we, we could uh, go much deeper. <laughs> probably going to get taken down from YouTube or something. Um, <laughs> G's not here. That would actually get us taken down from YouTube. So um, let's see. Uh, Nostra Wallet Connect. Mm -hmm. Right. So you were talking about kind of key management and I saw oh, yeah. this, this demo, I saw this demo show up. I think Will shared a, was it a preview of what is happening on Domus? Yeah. I assume this is like from his own environment, test environment. So this is, this is the one right with, mm -hmm. with Albie. So yeah, we'll play it. Let me make sure we're, we're showing this thing properly. Yeah. So this is, can you talk us through what, what's happening here? Well, actually, yeah. Can, can you full screen it? I actually yeah. see it myself. Go. Okay. Maybe we can do it one more time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll play it through. Okay. So opening up your Domus, you need to connect a wallet. So we did connect wallet from Domus. That was a feature in the menu bar of the side of Domus, right? And yeah. And you can see here, it's this is automatically linking up with Albi. Okay. I'm just walk through it by hand. Yep. So confirm. Now you're... You basically have to reveal a pairing a secret. pairing secret that tells Nostra Wallet Connect... Now is this is this sharing your NSEC or this is a, a pairing secret or something different? So I'm I'm certainly not a full expert on this. So my understanding is you are granting some signing authority to your 
Albi wallet. So most people have Albi wallets. And it doesn't just have to be Albi. It could be any Lightning WebLN-enabled mm-hmm. wallet. But Albi's the one that built this, so they obviously have a nice experience out of the gate. They built the open source standard. So most people have it as a browser extension. Some people have it connected to their own nodes. A lot of people have a custodial uh, browser extension. And so I think what they're doing here is they're basically saying, they're, they're granting the permission to the browser extension, the wallet, to say, if you receive an invoice sent from this private key from... Um, well, I think you're only, I don't think you're sharing the private key or maybe you are, I don't, I don't know, but like from sent from this private key for my, uh, Noster identity, then pay that invoice automatically up to a certain threshold. And so I think what's happening there is the, uh, in, in Noster, you're creating your own invoice and then you're sending that to the Albi node or whatever lightning node you have via Noster. So they're speaking to each other like that and requesting a payment to a specific address in there. And you've already given the permission for that wallet to say pay up to a limit. So, so this is just to make sure I understand the user experience here besides the connection, which maybe we have some uncertainty, yeah. on, uh, but it's not managing my, uh, my Noster private key for me. It's connecting my, lightning address to my Nostra client that is going to manage my private key. That's my understanding. And it's going to allow like a one tap zap. Is yes. that, mm-hmm. that's ultimately the user experience we're going for is one tap zap. The it? user experience we're going for, well, there's a lot of things this can enable. Like they, they published an interesting article yesterday talking about in theory, how this can enable subscriptions and like recurring payments, which is really mm-hmm. exciting. But like, yes, the like the core problem we're trying to solve from day one is if you use Albi, so remember Albi has both your the browser extension, at least your private key for your Lightning Wallet and the private key for your Noster identity. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if you use Albi today for web clients like Primal mm-hmm. or Snort, then you're you can set a parameter within Albi that allows for one tab zapping. So as long as it's not more than a thousand sats, just every time I click it, send it, send mm-hmm. the payment. Don't ask me up to a certain amount. And now. Prior to this, in Domus and the other uh, native mobile apps, you had to select every time a specific wallet, which is just honestly a pain in the ass and a non-starter for most people, user experience-wise. Right. So I think this is I think this is like a 10x increase in user experience to just be able to like click the lightning bolt and never yep. worry about it ever. Yeah, totally. And then you were you were touching on the Zap this Zap Planner is that mm-hmm. part of the. The announcement around the Nostra Wallet Connect, or this is kind of a well. This is like, I mean, Albi is just pretty on fire right now. So they okay. they announced Nostra Wallet Connect a few weeks ago. Then they announced that Amethyst had integrated it, and so and the user experience there for the end user was that in Amethyst you can scan a QR code with a WebLN enabled wallet. Albi obviously is one, but any WebLN enabled wallet is my understanding, mm-hmm. and it connects it. Uh, now it's coming for Domus, and then they just announced this, I think, yesterday, the day before, which is recurring or periodic payments. And that's very important because this allows for things like subscriptions to your relay. Subscriptions to your relay. So this is like somebody like uh, like Eden could say, "Give me ten thousand sats per month." Yep. And every and then this would just and what happens like if you don't have the if you don't have the sats available? Is there some I assume failure you mode just, or report? Probably. I mean, I don't know exactly what they do, but my understanding is you would probably just get a, a message that says, "Hey, top up your wallet." Oh, okay. And that's that's an LB specific thing, or does it work on the, like? Is there a protocol technology that this I believe is built on top of? this is so it's all built on top of I believe WebLN and so Nostra Connect Wallet Connect is similar to WebLN in that they're both completely open protocols for communicating. Mm-hmm. And so WebLN is basically how does a Lightning uh, node speak to 
a web page. And this is how does a Lightning wallet or node speak to a Noster client or relay? And so they're just standards and anyone can integrate those standards. And then of course, Albi, because they, you know, have kind of pushed and, you know, steered what these standards kind of look like, mm-hmm. their experiences with their products are really good out of the gate. But I expect everyone to do this very quickly. Like, mm-hmm. well, like I think Will even, you know, <laughs> jokingly prodded at Wallet of Satoshi being like, hey guys, like I'm going to give Albi like the front row seat <laughs> until everyone else gets on board. Like, right. you know, challenges. And can thrown. everybody basically do that? Like is, I mean, Wallet of Satoshi could do the same yeah, thing. Absolutely. There's no reason that they're... They're not hindered from it, no, because they're they're sort of a um, they're a custodial only, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, totally ultimately, fine. not a big deal either way. No, because um, that that actually touches that reminds me of this other topic that we were going to talk about, which is the you saw the Carnage mm-hmm. uh, unpopular Zap opinion. Yeah, did you read through this? Or you kind of have the overview, or you want me? To I, I did, but it was a day or two ago. So, okay. why don't you give me the so? TLDR. So, I think the the point he's making here is that. Uh, this is titled Unpopular Zap Opinion Expanded, uh, which I guess is expansion of maybe a note he wrote, mm-hmm. which I, I don't think I know. But the core idea here is that, um, you know, a lot of the popular uh, Nostra experiences today put Bitcoin front and center. And he's, you know, very focused on UX and kind of thinking about the user experience and the onboarding journey. And he's kind of saying we should... I think defer or limit or reduce the kind of Bitcoin visibility within some of the apps, uh, just as a way to, you know, help people get familiar with these new apps and this new app ecosystem without feeling like, you know, maybe they already have opinion or baggage or burdened by kind of this other payment and Bitcoin (laughs) technology thing. And so I think he's trying to advocate that more people consider reducing the cognitive load of a user who's onboarding to Noster from also needing to onboard to Bitcoin and or Lightning and understand what all of that is right out the gate. So I think it's more just like a gentle introduction to it. And he kind of admits, you know, hey, I'm just a, a guy with an opinion. And obviously the reason we like this is because everybody can do whatever they want. So it's right. just more like, can you advocate for the opinion that maybe we're taking this too far, pushing it too far in front of people too early? And you're kind of wondering, it, you know, from that tee up, like, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I think there's certainly, I mean, like, I think someone mentioned today, Noster got on Hacker News again. And every time it gets on Hacker News, there's like, everyone's like, ah, cryptocurrency. I hate cryptocurrency. <laughs> so like, I mean, I think there's definitely a good argument that there is a meaningful percentage of people in the world who are not yet ready or willing to interact with any kind of cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin. Fine. If that's the case, then I think there absolutely should be experiences tailored towards those people that does not highlight zaps. Having said that, I think that zaps are at least in my mind, as we've said on the show before, there's two kind of like magic moments I show people, right? There's the ability to take your identity from one app to the other. So Mm -hmm. magic login, and there's the ability to send and receive payments at the speed of light. Mm -hmm. Those are both magic moments. So if you want to take one of those magic moments away, that's fine. And then you can still highlight the other one, or there's probably other magic moments people have seen. But, um, I think that, the beauty of this system is, you know, Carnage or whoever, whoever wants to pursue something like that and build a special experience and market it, amazing. I don't personally think that Domus or the other leading app should try and dissuade people. I think in my mind, that's what's getting a lot of people excited. And it's one of the things I show everybody. Right. I, I wonder, I, I wonder if there's a, 
an, an in-between here. I'm going to just like riff. This is probably a, a really bad idea. But um, <laughs> oh boy, I'm sorry. I'm just going. <laughs> Everybody's gonna hate me for this, and this show is gonna be canceled. I'm gonna move to Solana. <laughs> no, but is there a way to help people? Like, like today, right? We, as we mentioned, Robert Kennedy came on, and then I think you were suggesting that he try to get connected mm-hmm. with a Lightning wallet, which I think is like you know natural. We've all kind of gone through that process, and I wonder if there's some way to simplify that idea so that he can get the feeling of it, even if it's a little bit of like a tutorial feeling or with guardrails or whatever, and then help him graduate to the actual experience later. And my, my experience with everything, you know, with, with Noster, with, with, you know, with Bitcoin, with any of these technologies is that the, you know, my first experience is always like the training wheels experience. And I am, I'm okay with that. Like I, 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 I was actually, I was talking, who, who was it? Was it, maybe it was also Carnage, but we were playing some estimate game talking about, you know, how many Bitcoiners have used lightning or have you, who know about zaps, I think was the, the prompt. And I asked him kind of what the denominator is for like how many Bitcoiners. He's like, well, you know, I think there's 17,000 people who run nodes. And I was like, you need, do you need to run a node to be to a Bitcoin? Bitcoin? Like, <laughs> I, and I said, I'll take an unpopular view is I think if you're interested in Bitcoin success, yeah, I'll call you a Bitcoiner if you want to be called a Bitcoiner. Like, yeah, I agree you know, with you. I, I don't think we should exclude people and say, you're not one of us until you've done X, Y, and Z and really climbed the mountain that I've gotten to because I'm standing on top and you're, you're, you're not welcome here. I think it's more like, hey, Bitcoin's for everyone. Yeah, if we want this thing to win, we need 8 billion people. Yeah, you know, maybe someday you'll run a node. Like, that'd be great, right? And there's even training wheels to run nodes. But, but that doesn't have to be your first step. You don't have to go all the way there in order to you know, be qualified as, as one of the, the elite. So I, um, I, I think, like, what if... What if there was a way, some UX that could allow Robert Kennedy to already receive? Yeah, I love that. Now I know it's problematic because it's like, yeah, you know, especially the clients, campaign finance, and stuff. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I wasn't even going there, but yeah, it's problematic in many ways, I guess. But just from a technology or product experience, it's problematic because he doesn't have a Lightning wallet attached already in most clients. Like most clients don't want to run Lightning wallets, right? Like that's kind of a separate business, separate endeavor. And I don't know, is there like a a way to give people zaps that are kind of zaps with training wheels. Yeah. So I love the idea and I'm just, a lot of things went to my head. One is we could, you know, he could do something like geyser. That's like a very, like very simple, easy to set up. Like here's how I launch a page something like that. Um, but I like this idea of, and it's not just for him, but for any person you're trying to orange pill, you know, if you can send them enough sats, then eventually it becomes interesting to them, right? Like once it's there. And this is kind of the 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 idea or concept that that scammy project Sequoia and everybody invested in. Do you remember? Which one? Oh, it was one of these like bit something. It was a couple of years ago. Oh, BitCloud? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> BitCloud. And like the like principle of psychology behind it is good, which is, hey, there's like a lot of money for me to go claim and there's a lot of famous Bitcoiners and everyone that kind of like, you know, didn't care so much about their principles when there's, you know, money waiting for them there. And I think whatever it is, what it is, like people will, will react to that, but it, you don't need a shit coin. Like you can just have, okay, let's have sat sitting there in a place. Now, one option is to have just a centralized company do it and trust them and be like, if they run away with the money, you could sue them or something like that. And I think, you know, I think fountain is playing with this idea a little mm. bit for podcasters where you can just like send tips to a podcast. And once there's enough, that's like an interesting way to be like, Hey, podcaster, like here's, you know, five grand waiting for you. Like want to come get involved? I right. think that's a great idea. And you could potentially do this for Twitter clients. You do this on for Nostra profiles. Then the question though is like, 
I think that's fine for small experiments, but for someone especially this big that has this big of a reach, you know, I think a lot of people wouldn't trust. They're just going to like zap a centralized service. Like, how do I know this money's ever going to get to him? Right, right, right. And so then the question becomes, I don't know if this is technologically possible, is, you know, can you do, I think this is something actually kind of Geyser, maybe Geyser's in a great position. They were trying to work on with just kind of um, crowdfunding, but with like, if a condition is met, like Mm. if a certain amount of money is reached or if, you know, um, you know, a key is claimed and there's some way to prove it. Or there could be like, hey, like it would be really interesting, for example, I don't think this is possible yet, but you have a node and the node is controlled by multiple keys. And you say, we set it up and you need two of two to 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 claim your money. We hold one. Mm-hmm. And the other one we've like somehow proven, I don't know how you do this, but like maybe the zero knowledge proof or something that like the holder of this Twitter account has claimed the other one or something like that. I see. I don't know how to do that, but that would be at least from a just pure product experience. I mean, I'd love to see. Right, right. Yep, yep. Yeah, there's all kinds of... I, so I, I'd say, like, I generally am... With, with Carnage's concept, I'm generally, like, you know, get... I, I think I think we should be welcoming. It doesn't mean that anybody, you know, has to do anything. But just, uh, I think, being welcoming to people who maybe don't, you know, maybe have an aversion to some of these new experiences and don't want to get involved in all of that. But I'd like to help them see what, you know, help them see what the zapping experience is like, because that's kind of, like... Totally. Part of the novelty, you know, one of the really good novel experiences here. And I should add there, maybe I misread Carnage here. I'm never in the camp of like shame people or like not be welcoming, like just because right. they're not into zaps. Like my point was more like, I don't think we should hide the zap from the user experience. Right. I think that's, it's a critical element and like people, we don't have to force it on people, but like if everyone else is zapping, eventually they'll ask, right? Right. And so what I, um, I love the idea of how do we welcome people? And I think one of the great ways to welcome people is you know, whether it's a non-custodial wallet via Breeze in the API or if it's a custodial wallet, I love this idea that you and Pablo were talking about on Noster, which, which is basically just creating a game. Oh, where yeah. Like, yeah. I, and we've been talking about this Pablo forever. The one I with, uh, with uh, Danny. Or, oh, actually. Was, this was a note that you and Pablo had? Was this the one about the AI gen stuff? No, no, no. This was oh. the note where you basically just say, like, we just need, like, basically a channel and a leaderboard to say, here are all the new users. Oh yes, go and okay. zap yep, the yep. crap out of them. Like, yep, yep. give them so many sats. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Right. Yeah. So there is right now. Isn't there like a welcome channel? I but haven't seen it. I think there is, but I think some relay hosts like a welcome channel mm. where you can kind of easily find all the people who are new or kind of all the end pubs that have been created. Actually, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. I guess somebody will chime in and well, tell us where that is. One thing I'd love to see is a micro app here. Yeah. Imagine the app is just like you're bored and like maybe, you know, people play whatever like casual games. And instead of that, you're bored, you've got 10 minutes on the bus, you want to play a game or whatever. And the game is just, hey, I'm going to go to my app. They're going to give me 10 people to zap. I'm going to zap them and there's a leaderboard. Right. Literally, the whole app is just like a way to surface and track who zapped who to welcome people. And that's it. Right. Right. Yeah, and I guess like the the thing, so do you know uh, is it uh, Bitcoin Bolt right who does yeah. a lot of these? Uh, you know, oh yeah, yeah, that would be great for him. <laughs> so he kind of does. Yeah, I think one of the things is the more automated or leaderboardy you get, it might be trickier to know if the new user is a bot because like if there's an automated system that gives things mm-hmm. away, then somebody will build the other automated system that sucks up all of the stuff being given away, right? I- I'm less worried about that because this is still humans doing the zapping. Mm-hmm. And the and so I think people can kind of use their discretion, like maybe you know, like like norms evolve, where like if you just see a bunch of bots popping up, like people learn to stop zapping them. Mm-hmm. I, I guess what I'm saying is more interesting is that this at least services potential zaps, and then people have to use their own discretion. And one way to use your discretion is, you know, has this person followed people? Have they put up a, you know, 
an, an address, lighting address, have right. they put out a welcome post? And then another thing you could do is you could also encourage the behavior of like, how this is going to get harder once AI gets much better, but you could say before zapping them, like we encourage you to welcome them, um, ask them a question, do something so that they start interacting. Some sort of proof of work. Yeah, some proof. I mean, even if it's just one post. Right. And then, then you know, okay, this is a real boom. Right. But I guess any given post could be faked. Exactly. So I don't know exactly what the deal GPT, is. GPT, you're just interacting with the GPT. <laughs> exactly. You could be interacting with GPT. And, and so again, but that, that's not an officer's problem. That's yeah, like yeah. a problem for the web. Yeah. But I think my general my general principle here is that if you let humans use their discretion, we can find some set of tools that allow that discretion to surface who's real, who's not. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so I think something of a, a micro app, something of a way to see who is new and maybe who's recently connected a lightning wallet. So I love if, that. If you haven't yet connected a lightning wallet, maybe different clients can experiment with different ways to explain how to do that to people, mm-hmm. kind of the importance of it or how magic it could be if you do it. And then if there were like, I don't know if it's a relay or something where you notice all the, you know, the N pubs that have, you know, recently joined in the last week and they've connected a lightning wallet and then you kind of can, uh, you know, gather there to give away sets and suggest people pay them forward. So I think part of the magic too is like you, you receive it and then you're like, oh, cool. Now I can now give what? it. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. Point, point them around. Like whenever, you know, people, I make these videos to show people how to connect them and whenever they want to pay me back, I'm just like, pay it forward, find somebody else who's new and help them learn. Right. I love that. Cause it's like, that's the way we get the spread. And it'd be great if there was a way, an app you could point them to. It's like, you want to find people that are new, that are real, go to whatever Pablo's latest app.com. <laughs> right. A few more links. A few more links, yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, I noticed, I, I haven't gotten deep on this yet, but I think it's cool, is um, you see that uh, Artur was sharing this follows kind of list link. Mm-hmm. And so what I noticed, you can actually now go on Noster.band, and anytime you find an NPUB, mm-hmm. you can use the kind of like, you know, the little menu thing and add it to a list, and you can create a list. Yeah. And so what he's showing here is... A, an example of a bunch of home feeds that he's created. So he's got a home feed called All Follows, a home feed called AI, yeah. a home feed called Angel Investors. And so he's made these using Noster.band to create the lists. I think he's not intended to take it much further than that, and he wants sort of, I think, uh, lister.lol, mm-hmm. which I think is Jeff, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, that's going to be kind of like the, the – that's one of the good list management kind of places. And so you could have a list of, you know, architects, and then you are today viewing all of the, you know, viewing a Noster feed of all of the architects who somebody has created a list for of architects. So I thought this, this seems like a really good way to help onboard new people is if Mm -hmm. you just have like a decentralized list type, everybody can be sort of assembled in those things. And then maybe, you know, different clients want to pick different lists or they want to randomize things or try some curated ones just to, to start. But ultimately, you're looking at the world through these views. I love it. And I would love, for example, like, I don't know how easy it is. Can I just like click on his AI list and import it? Yeah. So that that's one that I, I, I actually asked him about. I'll need to see if he chimed in. He's probably asleep when I asked him because uh, it was it was late where he is. But um. One of the things that I was asking is I would like to be able to see other people's lists. And I think the original version he did doesn't have that because mm-hmm. he doesn't get into like signing anything, right, on Noster.band. Um, but I'd like to see like if, if you made a, 
if you made like a you know art artist's list mm-hmm. or like a, what was it psychedelic shoegaze shoegaze yeah, yeah so you, you show me a psychedelic <laughs> shoegaze list of all your favorite uh, psychedelic shoegazers who are posting on Nostra, which I'm sure there's tons. I, I'm sure there's like <laughs> probably zero at this point, but it would be cool if there were eventually. But instead of it just being for your own use, if I could sort of draft off of the work that you do in curating people to help me actually see those people curate a new kind of feed that I can use, that that one hasn't been done. And maybe there's even like I could contribute to yours and you could collaborate on these things. So. I think there's something huge there. And maybe that's, I haven't played as much. I read, I looked at Lister.lol very briefly. Maybe that's more the functionality Artur and Jeff want to build there or Jeff wants to build there and Artur wants to let him. I, I don't know. But I would love to be able to see, yeah, like to go like, you know, I can obviously see all your follows, but there's a lot and it's just like time consuming to go through them. I would love to be able to see like, okay, who's David following on the AI front or, you know, who is Jack following on that front or whatever mm-hmm. and just be able to easily, um, yeah, like select people within there or import whole lists. And then I also or even love- just, this is actually just viewing yeah. the world through that list. So it's, yeah, you know, it's, you don't even have to follow. You could choose to follow everybody, but you could just like, what does Check that, it out. what does that world look like? Well, you and know? primal has a little bit of that, right? Like from mm-hmm. different people's views, but then lists within those views, it's also very valuable for onboarding. Cause if I know, yeah. like for example, yeah. my buddy, you know, Rewan, like super into AI, like if I could just send him like, here's an AI view of Nostr, Huge. he's infinitely more likely to get oh, onboarded than totally. if it's Bitcoin. Yep. Yep. Actually, and that, that's great. I wonder if web clients, so I think my understanding is uh, Artur built this and designed it as part of kind of this whole list concept. And I think Amethyst has is where it's primarily visible, or at least that's the one he shared. But I think mm-hmm. usually these things get into at least two clients yeah. quickly. So I don't know what you know uh, what the Damas view is on lists or kind of what they're doing, but uh, or what you know what he's doing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I would love to see this everywhere. So I'd love it if I had a web client mm-hmm. that I you know say like I could have a primal.net slash list slash AI, and I could just share that with a bunch of people who care about AI, and they don't even have to log in, they don't have to create and you don't have to create any public keys, private key pairs. They can just you know start reading seeing the network and reading the network via that. Yeah, and, and it's I, not even tied. It doesn't have, it could be tied to you, but it also could just be like a community assembled or curated thing. I love it. And I think again, like one of the main reasons, and I don't really use Twitter that much, but one of the main reasons I do use Twitter is to get on, like to read the AI Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so it would be so cool. Yeah. Like you, you create that list, you start gamifying or maybe not even gamify it, but just like, I think the natural property of the emerge is that you start more people would send that list, other people interested in the field. Yeah. And so it just spreads more rapidly. So if you want to get everybody can onboard easily. Exactly. And like, how do we, how do we get all the AI researchers interested in Oster? Well, we need, you know, 20 good ones first. How do you get those? And or we need to be highlighting AI papers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Or, or whatever. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, 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 or, or, and again, I, I think one of the magic things here and what Jack was trying to get at and running to, instead of running away from mm-hmm. today, we have two major running twos. There's the, um, at least two, there's the porting identity and the zaps. Mm-hmm. I think two new running two ideas that we've mentioned on this show is particularly for researchers in a given field. If you can surface for them genuinely novel insights or discussions yep right and so discussions that simply could not be had anywhere else mm-hmm. i think we've come up with two of those ideas one is the podcast thing mm-hmm. right so if you could start saying here are all the best ai podcasts and here are the best quotes taken from them and they're all noster notes right number one number two 
the annotations and zap ranked annotations and comments on there, which comes from highlighter.com or something like that. Right. Either of those or both of those, and they're very similar ideas. If we can get genuinely new knowledge or surface new knowledge and then surface new discussions on top of those, I think that's a giant running two for a lot of people. Yep. Yep. Agreed. All it takes, or maybe like a <laughs> 10,000 steps a day app, you know, could be walking towards. By the way, one other crazy idea I want to throw out there on the AI front is I think another way that AI and Noster and Lightning can uh, interact is I think something I'm becoming more excited about the more I understand about is just the human reinforcement learning stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, you've got a model and then you basically get humans to say, this is right, this is wrong to mm-hmm. like further fine tune the model. And I think that with micro payments, with lightning, like very tiny payments, there's a lot we can do there, whether it's gamified or whether it's, you know, paying people directly in the way that Stackwork is doing, like just, um, you know, you don't need to sign up for an account. You just get right. paid sats. I think there's a lot that can be done if you can just like pay people micro payments right. yep. for tr- like tuning models. I think that that's going to be huge. Have you talked to, did you introduce me to Paul? I didn't introduce you to him, but or is that that's the Stackwork guy? The Stackwork guy, yeah. Okay, maybe somebody else did, but yeah. um, uh, I've heard that he's quite an elite thinker and very creative. Oh yeah, and kind of always, super smart. Always sort of exploring lots of things and side projects. So, have you caught up with him or chatted with him about? Not recently, and um, you know, we we have we actually have a Nostra event tonight in SF, but we have a much bigger one next month. I think he will be at. I don't know. I don't think he's gonna be there tonight, but um. I don't know. We haven't caught up in a couple of months. So I, I have no idea what his position on Nostra is. I would love, I think a lot of his ideas were maybe two years ahead of their time. Right. But I think a lot of his ideas would do like flourish on Nostra with lightning where it is. Right, right. Cool. And the event tonight is, mm-hmm. uh, what's the topic? It's just kind of like our last one, lightning Nostra hang. Okay, just hang. Should, yeah. Meet a bunch of people, but there's no content or presentation or anything. No, there, in, there'll be more of that. I think at the the big June one. In the June one, is that also same location in San Francisco, or that's the Shack Fifteen one? And it was originally oh, right. supposed okay. to be this one, and then the organizer needed to right, move right, it, right. So. Cool. Um, well, that's coming up in like ninety minutes or so. Yeah. Okay, and I've got some other stuff I have to do, so we're gonna have to wrap soon. Before we do that, cool. I wanted to check. We talked. Did we talk Nostrasia? No. You want to well, mention what you know? There's two things I want to say that. One is Nostrasia. So uh, I think uh, McShane, Alex just released this morning um, the registration page. I registered. And registrations, drop your NPUB. Yeah. And there it is. Drop your NPUB and like mention, I don't know, some basic like dietary stuff or whatever. And that is November 1st to the 3rd. There's two simultaneous meetups Is the dietary happening. stuff like a test or just a <laughs> If you're not a carnivore, you're not welcome. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um and um, the two meetups are happening simultaneously. I think the probably bigger one is going to be in Tokyo, is my understanding. Or I don't know if they're going to be bigger or not, but then another one concurrently will be in Hong Kong. And I think the idea behind that was that people that, for whatever reason, it's easier, like they can't leave China as easily, then maybe it's easier for them to go to Hong Kong. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm super stoked. Like I cannot wait. Um, and And again, like I think just seeing the global feed, there's so much Chinese and Japanese there and just seeing like, that's a whole different view of the world and view of Noster. And like, I think if this thing takes off and really pops off in Asia, that's, that's a big deal. Yep. So I'm excited for that. Um, so you should register, uh, perhaps, perhaps we can do another, another shared Airbnb Let's and do, do some, some more <laughs> podcast jams. The other thing I just wanted to mention real quick is I did want to uh, pull up that mind map thing or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, Cause I, I just, this is cool. like, it's cool. And this is a request for a project that looked really cool. So anyone that's listening here, where was it here? We didn't really run it off the 
Picture. Oh, oh, here there it is. is. There we go. So this is a message from Rabble. Rabble's getting a lot of love today. Yeah. And he basically, my understanding is I believe this is a visualization of the various discussion topics mm-hmm. segmented on Blue Sky. Yep. And I would love to see something similar to this on Noster with the understanding that obviously there's no perfect global state that's as via Joff is made abundantly clear, yep. a feature, not a bug. But from what we do know, and I think people that are really in an interesting position to do this would be Pablo. He's been tracking all of this data, yep. our tour with Nostra yep. band, and potentially Million with, with Primal to create from what we do have on our, on those kind of beefy relays, yeah. some beautiful visualization. Right. And I've got to imagine there's some, there's probably some open source visualization software. So really you're, oh, definitely. Like, you're just taking, if you have a bunch of, if you have a beefy relay, you're just sort of taking a bunch of the messages and try to, how, how are these, are these clustered by, there's somebody who did some curation on this, right? So it says Persian language cluster, Brazilian, yeah, Brazilian, what does it say? I, I don't know if I'm reading it. Korean language cluster. So it's kind of like clustered by languages right now. Not, yeah. not by topics. Right? But, sorry. Yeah. So this is by languages, but you could, you could do, do yeah. both. Right. So, I don't know how that happens if there was like some machine learning that did that mm, or some right. human curation, but um, I would personally love to see those graphs. Oh, I guess ship posting is now a recognized language. Is it really? <laughs> well, that's what it says. This that's the Nostra note here says yeah, that's so somebody. <laughs> maybe they they must have run it through a classifier, and <laughs> <laughs> there's enough of that. French, English, Chinese ship posting. Oh no, I didn't have it up. I didn't have it up. Oh, this is what we're looking at. Yeah. So if you guys <laughs> missed the, it, on the audio channel, <laughs> exactly. If you guys missed it, it's a very beautiful visualization. It is nice. Cool. Cool. All right. Anything else in your mind? What else is on my mind? I did mention we're traveling May 29th. Yeah. So we are going to be, we're actually going to stop by Tokyo the way we ended up planning it. Oh, fuck yeah. Do you have Tokyo Rex already or? Um, well, I can ask my friend Mark. He spends a lot more time there for work, but I went once and loved it. I will say one thing is, um, I'll find the name of this ramen shop, but there's this guy, Nujabes, who's like this, like kind of the Jay Dilla famous producer in Japan. Mm-hmm. Excellent producer. And he, his family owns a ramen shop there. Mm. And so I went twice when I went to Tokyo and it was so cool. Cause they were like always playing his music. <laughs> nice. So I, I can look that up. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I if there's like one place I've always kind of wanted to like live for like a couple of months just to like have my mind blown, it's yeah. Tokyo. So. Yeah. I've heard great things. We're, I think we're late over there. We scheduled a, a visit for like about 24 hours. So it's just you kind of a, it to a week. <laughs> I know we were, we were thinking about that and then we're like, well, we'll do that in November. Cause right. Yeah. In Australia. So, um, we'll do kind of a longer Japan, but this will just be a preview. This is our, our trekking trick in Ladakh. So it's badass. Dude. We're just taking a, uh, you know, I think it's 11 hours to, to Tokyo and then maybe another 11 or whatever. It's pretty recent. Yeah. Much so take, take a little, little break in the middle of it and, uh, yeah. Have your mind blown. The other thing I was just going to say quickly on that is, um, so we will have to figure out, I guess, recording wise, cause I, I will actually be out next week. Oh, uh, we may be able to do something earlier. But oh, the, cause the, the Bitcoin, Bitcoin conference. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. And what's, did you get any more of the Noster, Noster focused side yeah. of the Bitcoin conference? To be honest, man, I have not done that much planning. There are a couple of like dinners and events that I'll probably go to. Um, but the only thing that I'm like a hundred percent, well, there's a couple of things I committed to, but like the, that I have to, <laughs> I forgot about that. I, so if people are doing Nostra stuff, would love to, to learn about that. love to join. Um, I heard about the karaoke. Yeah, I don't know. But the one thing that I, um, I am doing is I'm judging one of the like pitch days and I asked to be put on like whatever's the Nostra pitch day. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see who's there. Awesome. 
So that'll be fun. Yeah. Well, I'm unfortunately not going to make it. So I'll hope you're taking good notes. Unless you get a little FOMO to do some karaoke <laughs> on next Monday or Tuesday I have night. Insane amounts of FOMO. And I really wish I could make it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got time. some, some stuff uh, back in San Francisco next week. So fair enough. Um, cool. Well, all right. Well, we will, we'll catch you, I guess, then after that. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe we'll find a way to squeeze it next week. If not, the week yeah, after, maybe, so. maybe we do a remote thing. If, you know, from, from there, dial yeah. in live. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right, good. Beautiful. Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye, Vida.